listening to Keeping It Real with Janine, your guide to living an authentic, healthy life podcast. I'm Janine Strong, and every two weeks, I have an inspiring conversation with an ordinary person leading an extraordinary life. And I'm sure you will find my conversation today with Janice Hope Gorman to be uplifting. Reverend Janice Hope Gorman is a licensed chemical dependency counselor. She was ordained by the National Interfaith Seminary, and she is a certified oneness blesser of Diksha from the Oneness University of India. She is the founder of the Hope Interfaith Center, a spiritual wellness center in Mankato, Minnesota. Her mission is to inspire all in oneness to create a better world by empowering people to recognize and honor the divine in self and all. Hope offers a radio show and one-on-one spiritual counseling and a year-long leadership program for those called to become ordained interfaith ministers. Welcome, Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show, my dear. Oh, you're very welcome. Now, let's start with, um, how should I call you? Janice Hope? Reverend Janice? Reverend Hope? Uh, you, <laughs> you can call me Hope. I would love Great. that. Okay, Hope. Great. Oh, welcome. I'm really excited. For those of you who have listened to my conversation with Selena Matreya, Hope is her mentor. So I'm very excited to have you on. Oh, it's it's just uh, always a wonder when we connect, just as we were talking about before, is when two powerful people are on the air, look out, everybody, you're going to be receiving <laughs> some energy. <laughs> so our, our topic today is, it, it's going to be a, a rather broad topic on meditation. Um, I don't think this is going to be the typical, you know, how to meditate, but more of the the broader ramifications of how meditation can really, really help us to be at peace and to live in this chaotic world. Am I correct? You are correct. <laughs> the type of meditation that I want to talk about today is not the kind where you go over the meadow and through the fields to grandmother's house we go. <laughs> it's not a directive. It is uh, more of going into what I call connecting with universal mind. Okay. And what would, how would you define universal mind? Thank you for asking mm-hmm. me about that. What I consider universal mind is source, primal source energy. Everything that I believe exists around me and a part of me and in me and through me is called universal mind. And is, uh, I call it, some people call it God. Some people call it all that it is. It's an unmanifested essence. Okay, great. It's, unmanifested essence Mm -hmm. and how does that essence become manifest i love that well this is what i tell people to do when they are doing uh going and connecting with universal oneness they are not um they're not in what i call a false self-identity anymore when i tell people that you just name me reverend janice hope gorman that's mm-hmm. that's a title. That's not who I am. Right. I pl- I play the role as mother, grandmother, auntie, um, mm-hmm. uh, mentor. But who I am is what I call universal oneness, and that is essence or substance of which what I call all physical form is created from. 
And so when I go into my meditation, which I do every morning, Mm -hmm. I go through an open door and I unzip all of my titles. (laughs) I unzip my gender. I take away my education and my um, quota of what they would call intelligence. I release and surrender any identity that I use in the physical world. Mm -hmm. And my soul then merges with oneness consciousness. And all I can see is energy, 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 energy. So what I tell people is we are the energy between the particles. Mm-hmm. And and in that higher intelligence that exists, we are perfect. And this is what creates our thoughts. If we're if we spend time in that universal oneness mind, our divinity, our perfectness, our oneness. Not our mistakes, not our sins, not the illusion, but the truth of who we are. Mm-hmm. And you, from that, you can come back home into this home we call our body. Because I always tell people that we don't have a soul. We are the soul. Mm-hmm. That's a good distinction. Mm-hmm. We have a body, mm-hmm. but we don't have a soul. We are the soul. And so when we understand through that meditation or through that Uh, oneness consciousness we can then work through our soul and we have thoughts and we have feelings and we have beliefs we have intuition Um, our higher mind then draws forth what i call unlimited health unlimited abundance it brings forth new ideas knowledge and I do go as far as anything you want because we're working from a source, cosmic source energy. So for me, God is not separate from me. I am one with source. Source is one with me. I am source. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the sense that I'm getting from what you're saying, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is that we get stuck in our identities. And that creates a challenge to being one with source. It does, because people uh, kind of get their um, plume feathers all plumped up when they say, (laughs) you know, I am Dr. So-and-so, or I have an IQ of a genius, or I have uh, this tremendous amount of a bank account. And those are all false senses of self. We're trained by our society or culture to have this identification with things versus what creates those things. I'm always interested, like what creates the the flowers and the trees and the birds and the bees, this God that I grew up kind of knowing. And I've realized that this God of which I grew up knowing is the chemical alchemist called me, the I am. It's me and it's you and it's all beings. Mm -hmm. And I think we do an injustice to children when we say to them, well, your IQ is this or you have a talent for that because we begin to train them through culturally that they are either great or less than or mediocre Mm. versus who are you really, my child? Who are you really? 
and mm. what they are, what they are, and what we are, as I go pop through the event or through the identity, I now see myself as cosmic source energy intertwined with all that is. Do you counsel parents and children uh, on this? I do often. I I have many women who come in here and they feel that they are, um, they kind of live through what I call the uh, archetypal patterns of the saboteur mm. or the martyr or mm-hmm. um, a sinner. Uh, I see children who are told by their system and culture, you're not pretty enough, you're not smart enough, you're not talented enough. And immediately they grab on to what I call a false sense of identity. That's not who you are. That's what is occurring in your life. Let me help take you to a knowingness of a truth of who you are, cosmic source energy, mm-hmm. infinite infinite wisdom. And, so, oh, go ahead. Well, and that's what I call the quantum field um, that they can build and create from. Mm-hmm. Now, I imagine that this is kind of a long, you know, counseling sessions, but it, are there maybe a few or a couple of things that you could share with parents about how they could do things differently to help to not create these, this conditioning, this, these identities that kind of get put into the children? Well, this is what I did with my five children. I'm 65 years old. I had five children. I do have five children. I have six grandchildren. Wow. And so when I was raising my children, I would pick them up, put them on the counter in the bathroom, (laughs) and I would have them look in the mirror and say five things about yourself, my brilliant child. What are five things about yourself? And they would say, because they grew up with the understanding that they were source. Mm-hmm. I am God. I am the I am. I can do anything. I'm infinite. And when they came home, I would pick them up. I wouldn't ask them, how was your day? How was your day? How'd you do in the spelling test? <laughs> I would pick them up, put them back on the counter. And I would say, look in the mirror, my dearest child, and tell me, tell me about your brilliance of who you are. I would ask them to identify themselves. Interesting. Versus the world attaching an identity on them. So to me, let's say my Greta, who is second grader, she never says, I'm a second grader. Mm -hmm. She never says, I am really good at spelling. She identifies herself as star being she identifies herself as source she identifies herself as love she identifies herself as infinite possibilities and she does have a um a, a what i call an, an attitude of, <laughs> of being able to create whatever she wants to create and she's in second grade and she hasn't lost that shine and that brilliance and and that's because i've forged through a cultural disaster what we do to our children and what we do to ourselves i 
talk to women all the time and they say my hips aren't thin enough. I don't, I'm not beautiful enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. And I said, well, let me ask you, where did you get that identity from? Mm. Good question. Because the question that I proposed to two young women today is two questions that I heard when I was listening to another podcast. Mm -hmm. And the question was, who are you pretending to be? And who are you forgetting to be? Wow. Okay, repeat that, please. Who are you pretending to be? And who are you forgetting to be? Interesting. Because, Because most of us are pretending to be what our culture wants us to be. Yep. Mm-hmm. And who we are forgetting to be is our God source. Mm-hmm. Is universal oneness. It's our magnificence. It's our soul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's our soul. Mm-hmm. So, what would you recommend for someone to, okay, because those are two really important questions. Very. I mean, like, would you do a, a, like, write on a piece of paper all the things that you're pretending to be and all the things you're forgetting to be? Or is it, it not quite so uh, uh, concrete? <laughs> um uh, you know, I I think that's a very good idea. One of I just did a, um, a speaking gig in front of women, and I told them that I had uh, was invited to go to what I call an event where I was trying to make an impression. I walked in there, and I was nervous immediately. Mm-hmm. And after that whole event, I walked out, and I asked myself. Who was I pretending to be? Mm. Because I wasn't comfortable in my skin. I wasn't comfortable in my clothes. I wasn't comfortable. And that's because I was trying to be what all those other people in that event wanted me to be. I wasn't being authentic. I was trying to be. My ego was, was thirsty for their... Um, kind of like convictions of who I am or feedback about, oh, wasn't she dressed lovely? Or, oh, didn't she look really good? And that, of course, nourished my ego. I never got any of that because I, because I was so uncomfortable. I was pretending to be somebody else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Would you say you were looking for like some kind of recognition from the group? Yes. Does that, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. And so what I needed to do, because I immediately drove to a park and I asked myself that question, who was I pretending to be? Because I wasn't who I was. And then I asked myself, who, who was I forgetting to be? And I was forgetting that I was my marvelous self, no matter what I had on. I was my cosmic source intelligent, no matter what size my hips are. I have I forgot who I was at that moment. Otherwise, I would never have been that nervous. Interesting. So, is your sense then that that when you're in that place where you're more connected to source, you're more you're more comfortable with who you are. You're more comfortable with just whatever 
unfolds and not worried about it. That's correct. Because the ego, ego will always want approval Mm. and ego will always want recognition and ego will always want even compliments. It's my ego that wants compliments, but my most powerful self and how I can create um, abundance in health and wealth and uh, being seen, mm-hmm. you know, have, we've seen people walk into the room like a Maya Angelou or a Dalai Lama and the room literally energetically changes. Mm -hmm. And the Dalai Lama doesn't walk in the room wanting to be acknowledged. (laughs) He, he knows he's a soul that has a body Mm -hmm. and, and everyone when he walks on stage or walks in a room, Everyone can feel his soul because he's not forgetting to be who he really is. Mm-hmm. And he and he's activating that within us. He's helping us remember that we are divine, that we are uh, cosmic source intelligence, that we are spirit incarnate upon this planet. And when I got the opportunity to even see Maya Angelou step on stage, she didn't have any uh, lights flashing behind her. (laughs) She didn't have any glitter throwing up in the air. (laughs) She didn't have any orchestra behind her. She walked on stage remembering who she was. And everyone she commanded and demanded that audience attention because <gasps> she presented cosmic source energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Question. This is, I had no idea that this conversation was going in this direction. It's <laughs> awesome. I love, I love it when this happens. Mm-hmm. So I'm going, cause we, we really haven't talked at all uh, before about your background. I'm going to assume that you weren't always in this place. I was not. Yes, I okay. was not. So for, because for those who are listening to this and going, Oh, I want to be in that place. I wish I were in that place. How, how did you come, you know, was there a, some kind of a crisis or, or was it just a, was it an unfolding or, or how did you come to be able to be in this place? Thank you. I, I went through a devastating divorce. Mm. And at the time that I was going through a divorce, I also had the death of a child during that time. My, And then I went through this horrific suffering inside. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, I can't do anything right. I just am not right. I can't do anything right. And I ended up in the psych ward for two weeks because I tried to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. And and very sad that I was still living upon the planet. Mm-hmm. And I was blessed to walk into a woman's office. Her name is Diana Gabriel. Mm-hmm. And I sat down. And I felt so broken. I did not know who I was. And I looked at her and I just said, I am just a mess. And she looked at me. She was the first one of 
many people that I saw during that time who said, Oh, Janice, you are not broken. How could you ever think that? You are the divine incarnate. And I said, what? I'm not broken. <laughs> and she's, and she says, no, she says you, you were trained to think you were something other than that. I will help you remember who you are. And that's where it began. Wow, I've got chills. <laughs> I really do. It's like my whole body is just buzzing right now. Yeah. And that, that's how it began. Mm-hmm. And what we, you know, we were talking about Dr. Joe Dispenza, who is, um, talks about frequency and vibration and mm-hmm. consciousness. And, and one of his talks that he gives is that 90% of our thoughts that we have today, 90% of our feelings that we have today, and 90% of our actions that we have today are the same that we had yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. And so he's he will talk about that if you want something different, that first and foremost, you need to know who you are and that you are the quantum source energy. And from there, that's where you can start thinking about yourself differently than you've ever had before. So when people say to me, uh, who are you? And I say to them, I'm cosmic source energy. I play many roles. I am a mother. I'm a grandmother. I'm a mentor. I'm a teacher. I'm a director at the Hope Interface Center. I'm female. I'm Caucasian. Those are all the roles that I'm playing. Mm-hmm. But if you zip that down and you z- take that away, what I am is energy. I'm frequency. I'm prime source energy. And I don't, you know, I don't throw up any glitter when I say that. <laughs> I, I want to help people identify their own magnificence. I want to help people remove the false sense of self that our society, our culture, our school system, our parents, uh, our religions tell us who we are. And we have to just stop letting everybody tell us who we are or who we should be. And in meditation, as we quiet ourselves and really sense the ocean of the quantum field source energy, and you allow all of those false sense of self disappear, you will feel and sense the truth of your identity, which is the divine incarnate in the flesh. And you just awaken to that. When we say things like, I am the divine incarnate in the flesh. I am the divine incarnate in the flesh. We begin to fire and wire uh, neural nets, neural pathways differently in our brain. We will have different thoughts about ourselves We will have different feelings about ourselves and we will do different actions with ourselves. Um, And that's where we are as a nation and this country and as a world is that we have to fire and wire the new reality of the truth of who we are. Mm -hmm. And 
and we all come from the oneness. I, you know, I say a prayer all the time when people come to me is that all of us come from the oneness. All of us comes from that divinity of oneness. The people in prison, they were trained to think of themselves differently than who they are. And that was a self-fulfilling prophecy. They played that out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when, when we tell a child, you are bad, you are naughty, you are sinful, you're not intelligent. When we give them an A or a B or a C or a D or an F, they go home thinking that they are the F. They think they are the D. They think they are the C. And so I tell moms and dads, scoop them up, put them in front of a window, put them in front of a mirror and remind them that's not who they are. You cannot define yourself from a culture and a society that constantly sees us as a reject. Um, was, mm. Again, I was telling somebody today, Eckhart Tolle said, if you can stay sane <laughs> in this insane world, you're doing pretty good. You're doing pretty good. That's true. That's true. Mm. So, wow. Um what would, you know, I'm going to ask an interesting question mm-hmm. because it's something that I keep asking it myself and just asking source, asking my quote unquote team, why do we choose to come here? I love that question. I believe at this moment, at this time, we are going through such a universal shift and change that we have not only been chosen, I believe everybody on planet on this planet at this time Mm -hmm. has come through the open door from the oneness. And some of us have come here to go through this time of change and shift. And they'll, and they, and we were told, do you realize that we might be going through um, calamities such as climate change? And we might be um, going through a period of time where there would be, uh, great fires amongst the planet and shifts in dictatorships and wars. And you will go through this process and you will learn a lot through this process. I believe some of us volunteered to come here to help with this, this dramatic change that's happening upon the planet. You are one of them. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been told to do this radio podcast show. Mm-hmm. You're, you're bringing this stimulating conversation uh, of open-minded to the planet. So I consider you one of those souls who were chosen and that you chose to come here at a time to bring enlightenment upon the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that some of us have planetary contracts, um, but I also believe that some of us just simply incarnate and that we have personal sacred contracts that we're going through, whether that is a heavy addiction to something upon the planet, whether that is... Um, uh, the suffering that many people are exposed to through experience that we've come here to learn that we are the soul and not the body. And uh, we walk through those adversities, hopefully, and learn from them to have greater strength and knowing of who we are. I also believe that there are people upon the planet that has not only um, planetary sacred contracts, but they also have galactic contracts where they're working in in a higher dimensional frequency Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. So people like Christine Day, you might know her. Mm, No, I don't. 
She calls herself a Pleiadian uh, ambassador. <laughs> I should know her because that's where I consider myself from. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so when people can identify that they come from a star um, planetary system, they also have what I call a galactic sacred contract to bring that information to the planet because other people are going to scratch their heads and say, what? What did you say? You came from Pleiades? Um, and we dare to be. Mm-hmm. We dare to say. We dare to live out of the box and stretch the box and do it as humbly and lovingly and patiently as we possibly can. But it's needed at this time. It's needed at this time. Mm-hmm. So we come for a variety of reasons. Some of us, again, personal contract, we come to learn through personal experiences to remember who we are, to walk through adversities, to know our inner strength, um, and to walk each other home in many ways. Um, Those who have planetary contracts are indeed the spiritual counselors, spiritual teachers, the intuitives, the channelers, the inspirational speakers, uh, again, beings like you who bring forth a conversation that is not your typical conversation that one would have <laughs> if they're having tea or coffee right now at Panera's. And um, and again, for you as well as for me, who's connected to the star energy. Um, and I don't know why everybody freaks out about that. I mean, the Native Americans will say they came from the stars. Mm-hmm. The aboriginals will say their ancestors are from the stars. So when we say the Native Americans are our ancestors, well, so are the star beings. And um, and so, again, why we grace the planet with information and so boldly say, just as you said, hmm, I am from Pleiades. I know about that star system. I bring information down. That takes courage and boldaciousness to... <laughs> To say that here. I, I know. I actually, yeah. I mean, I I can say that part because I've said that a lot. I I had a reading from a, a very interesting woman who is supposed to be very good psychic um, not too long ago. And what she told me, I, I don't even know if I could say on here because it seems so ridiculously crazy. But it actually felt right to me. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. So... I don't know. I haven't said it to very many people, so I, I don't know if it would be too outrageous to say here. But, um, yeah, it's it it helps me to kind of understand like why why I chose to came come here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I work with a lot of star beings who are working waking up and who are understanding. Really, I came from the stars. I came from a different planetary system to bring down a higher level of consciousness. Uh, lots of star beings. Again, the Native Americans will speak about how there's a level of consciousness that's coming from the universal oneness, from the I call neighboring dimensions versus higher dimensions because mm-hmm. it's a little bit because they're neighboring dimensions. And mm-hmm. I and um, so when I tell people that. If you had the longest five minutes of your life and the shortest hour of your life, that means that there is this interdimensional, multidimensional vibrational frequency that's happening. There's a diminishing 
of it. And we're coming back into oneness consciousness. And that's what the star beings bring down uh, here at this time. It's very needed. So I would encourage you to be bold, brave, strong, and audacious. Um, because you, <laughs> I believe you receive that information to bring that forth at this time. Mm-hmm. Now, Okay, I, if you could elucidate a little bit more on that. Uh, you said the shortest hour and the longest five minutes. And I, I wasn't sure. I, I, I'd, I'd like you to, yeah, just go into that a little bit more. Okay, what's happening right now from the consciousness and shifts that are happening upon the planet is that when we used to call them the higher dimensions, that and I call them the neighboring dimensions, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that there are energies coming forth from those dimensions and time is no more. Okay. Even Eckhart Tolle would say there is no time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And so when you go again through the energetic field into oneness consciousness, there is no Monday, there is no Tuesday, there is no Wednesday, there is no January. There are that's made up a human makeup mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of keeping things in order, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so when people are experiencing, when they say, wow, this was the longest day of my life. And then the next day they might say, wow, that was the fastest interview I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Or that was the shortest hour I've ever experienced with somebody. Mm-hmm. What's happening is that the, the divisions, the separation, the illusion of separation is beginning to be no more. Mm. The illusion of separation is beginning to be no more because it's an illusion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That uh, that's beautiful. I that was a what, thank you. I'm glad I asked that because that was a beautiful ex- ex- explanation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Yes, so the whole idea of time and calendars and all is really just to help us be able to communicate with each other. Yes, yes, it is, it is. And we are, you know, we are witnessing right now new beginnings of what the world calls um, the new age, golden era, all the prophecies, whether it's the Hindu prophecies, the Hopi prophecies, the Tibetan prophecies, I tell everybody there is such things as the Eskimo prophecies. They don't teach that very often, Mm -hmm. but there's ancient elders that talked about prophecies about this time where we are going to reconnect to the truth of who we are. And we will not be able to hurt each other anymore. We will not be able to compete with each other anymore because we will, we will realize we are brothers and sisters of the same energy field of universal consciousness. Wow. Um, (laughs) That, I mean, for me, that's, you know, I, there's the part of me that doesn't want to uh, listen to the news, NPR or whatever, because I, we, I don't have TV, so I listen to the radio a lot. Um, there's a part of me that wants to listen because I want to know what's going on. And there's the part of me that doesn't want to, cause it's so effing depressing. Correct. And, and, and I just, I, you know, it's like, how can people, how can people do these things to each other? I just, wow. 
Well, it's so interesting because I was going to say all the Pleiadians that are here upon the planet, they think they see the barbaricness of the planet. They, they, they believe some of the things like a, they cannot believe their eyes because yeah. they can, it doesn't happen on their planetary system. Only love exists. Only oneness exists. They feed each other. They dress each other. They love each other. There's, they don't do any harm to each other. So when a Pleiadian or star being comes to this planet of separation, uh, uh, the rich and the poor, the white and the black, the fat and the thin. I mean, we were, we're just drenched in duality consciousness here. Oh. And mm-hmm. we, we have to get through that to see that that is just a form. And we are the energy between the particles. We are the energy between the particles. If you've ever been with anyone, who has taken their last breath, you absolutely can understand and identify that we are cosmic energy that moves out of this body, out of this container, and so is everybody else. So is everybody. We die the same way. We release mm-hmm. the, the essence of the I am out of this body, whether we're Muslim or Catholic or Protestant or pagan. I just think this whole this whole division that we're feeling and sensing is is what is now being looked at and again being such as you come forth with a different level of consciousness. We think differently, we act differently, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. Um, feel differently. I mean, I just we feel differently, and so what your uh, what you can become. Um, discussed with is like, where's the love that everybody's talking about? <laughs> you know, where's mm-hmm. the inclusiveness? Where is what's, why aren't we living that collective oneness of mm-hmm. love? Mm-hmm. I know it's, uh, oh, okay. Well, I want to thank you for continuing talking because when you started talking about Pleiadians and how we look at things and feel. I started crying. I got very emotional. So I'm really thank you for for keeping on going so I could work through that for a moment. <clears throat> yes, you're <laughs> and, welcome. And uh, uh, yeah, and just oh, that was uh, very interesting. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, and and it's interesting when I talked to Chris Day, Christine Day, I had said to her, "Wow, you must have a really difficult." you know, thing to do because people are now just starting to get used to angels and guides and spirit animals, but but spatial beings, star beings. And she just looked at me and she said, well, you don't get it, Janice. And I said, what don't I get? And she goes, I know who I am and where I have come from. And just like you cannot deny that you have a right hand, I cannot and I will not deny that I'm from Pleiades and I'm a Pleiadian ambassador here to bring love and light and a new level of consciousness to this planet. And I got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was so steadfast in her knowingness of who she was because it's needed now. It's needed now. It is very much needed now. I completely understand. Um, one thing that really helped me, and I, I read this some sometime in the last 10 years, um, do you know uh, Dolores Cannon's work? 
Yes, I do. The three, uh, her book, The Three Waves of Volunteers. Yes. That made yes. a huge difference for me because I had been just feeling so weary and so tired and like, I just want to go home. And mm-hmm. that it, her, her book really helped me, ex- uh, helped me understand where that was coming from and like, I'm not the only person who was feeling that way. I was like, oh my yes. God, <laughs> I'm yes. not, I'm not really that weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you talk about a way shore. I mean, she started um, moving out their information. Uh, she's like an Alice Bailey to me. She yeah. started yep. so brave, so bold, so audacious to, talk about her experience and give other spatial beings um, uh, a way to just expose the truth of who they are to bring that out. Cause you've come here to help the planet at this time. We've come here to help the planet at this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really wish I would have studied with her while she was alive. I yeah. missed out on that, but I know her daughter is teaching. I, it, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I would imagine she's, you know, she grew up with her mother and her mother doing all yes. of this all the time. So she's probably pretty good. But um, yeah, I, I really, I had wished that I had worked with her while she was still alive. Yeah, she's quite a phenomenal woman, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what would you, wow, we've covered some really interesting ground here. I'm really, I'm enjoying this conversation. I don't good, know about good. anybody else. Um, <laughs> So what would you recommend for people? Let's, let's, let's get the, put the, you know, the rubber meets the road here. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're talking about meditating and, and really becoming conscious of who we are, but not in, you know, I, it's not too hard to go there and yes, I'm, you know, a light being and, and I'm source, but to really live it. Mm-hmm. What, what are some of the steps that you would, could offer people to help them to move in into that direction? Well, I, I love that. I, I tell people to, to go out to the woods and go out and spend time just in silence and go away from being devoured by the story of the have tos, the shoulds, the need to the calendars and allow themselves to experience what they feel. I mean, really experience when they, feel the ocean wave come up and spray upon their face. Mm-hmm. Um, I would ask them to go away from their calendars and the have tos and shoulds and go out and be in a snowstorm that, that covers you with this white essence to go out to the hillsides and the exposure of animals and allow your senses to really experience oneness. Uh, for me, it's who is like holding a newborn baby. For me, it's when I watch uh, my mentor or my teachers or my mother uh, leave her body. Mm-hmm. I knew then that I would never be separated from them. I will always be one with them. I am breathing their air in. Um, To me, that's what true meditation is. To me, that's where people can go and connect with what I call universal mind, universal oneness. And then when they do that, I believe their DNA changes. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. I believe that uh, I, I think differently. I am differently. I speak differently. I hold the grace of God and goddess within me differently when I allow the ocean spray to come up and grace my face or when I'm holding a child for the first time. I don't feel separation then. And to me, that's the meditation of connecting with universal oneness, Mm -hmm. universal oneness, universal Mm -hmm. oneness. So what about in between those times when you can't get, you know, when you can't get to the ocean, when you, you know, when you can't get to the the woods or by the way, the ocean and the spray, that's my favorite thing in the world. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When I used to uh, live in Western Massachusetts and I'd, I'd go to, to the ocean, it, it was like all answers would just come flooding in. It was like all yes. the kind of the questions that I had over the last month or whatever. It was like the answers were just boom, boom. They, they were all right there while I'm sitting and, and listening to the ocean and the waves and feeling the mist. And it was always, uh, I, I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. so, you know, so let's say maybe on the weekend you can go to the beach or you can take a, you know, you, there's, you've got a, a park or a big park or someplace where there's woods where you can go for a nice walk. But what? what might you suggest for, you know, during the week you're working and you got all this stuff going on and all your responsibilities and, you know, how do you balance that with, you know, being, becoming conscious and aware of our magnificent self? Mm -hmm. Um, Again, what I do, there is a little corner in my home. I have an altar. Uh I have a candle Mm -hmm. uh, in water. Um, and I light the candle every morning, uh, before I do anything else, because I don't want to get devoured by the story or devoured by the have tos or devoured by. And so as I light the candle, I say the words, I am one with you light and light. You are one with me. We are divine essence. I am the divine essence here incarnate in my body. I am one with you light and light. You are one with me. I am light. I'm divine essence incarnate in my body. Mm. And I say that before anybody else gets up and out. I do that before I turn on the radio, make my coffee, brush my teeth, comb my hair, because I'm doing to myself just exactly what I did to my children. I'm picking myself up, looking at the light that's a candle uh, that's lighting up this planetary system right now. And my job as I go out throughout my day is to remember I am light and I am light incarnate and I am here to bring light to the world. And when I do that, I think differently. I speak differently. I have different feelings. I don't repeat the 90% of those thoughts, words, and deeds that create a mess upon our planet. I create differently because I'm creating, because I have reminded myself, I am light. I am pure consciousness light. And so is everyone else. They're just not my, many of my uh, neighbors and friends are not awake and their rumple still skins. They're still sleeping. That's okay. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to point at them. I'm just going to remember I'm awake. Stay awake, Janice. Stay awake, Hope. I have come to be light upon the planet. 
and and so it's as simple as that. You don't it's, you don't have to pay for anything. You don't have to go anywhere. Just just don't go to your do list right away. Mm-hmm. Just light a candle and say the mantra. Light, hello light. I am light. You are one with me, light. I am light. I am the light incarnate. I am divine incarnate here upon the planet. I have come here to bring light to this world. Hmm. And and two things come to me when you're saying that. One is to do your best not to just have that that experience be intellectual, but to really feel it in your body. Yes. Because that's what really makes it yours, is to feel it not just to have it be in your mind and think it, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, and that's that's why affirmations, again, and I always use the words, you fire and wire, literally by saying those words, I am the light. Light, you are one with me. I am the divine incarnate. I never got that firing and wiring at my Catholic church. Mm-hmm. I, I never, I never got that firing and wiring from my mom and neither nor my dad. I never got it from my culture or society. The only place that I got it is from me, my essence, where I would look at my at myself in the mirror and the light. And every time I say those words and every time anybody says those words, they are firing and wiring, literally firing and wiring new neural pathways in their brain in their head and they will think differently about themselves they will begin to speak differently about themselves they will respond to life differently about them they won't react anymore because Mm. they are firing and wiring it's like building a new highway Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm i call it new neural pathways (laughs) correct that's exactly what it is that's exactly what it is So, so I don't feel like when I go out and uh, that I'm a phony. This is this is who I am because I've fired and wired, and I still continue to do it every morning. I fire and wire the new reality of the truth of who I am. Mm This is the truth of who I am, and I've come here to bring this to the world. And and this is the truth of who everyone is if they choose to awaken to that. Um, I've worked with pedophiles. Um, mm-hmm. I've worked with people who have um, harmed people in 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 many many ways. And I and I really I look at them. And my husband said, "How can you bring pedophiles into our home when we have five children?" <laughs> and I said, "They've just forgotten." who they are, Paul, I'm going to help them remember who they are. I'm going to help them remember who they are. Wow. And I believe that we can do that. Um, We can help people remember who they are. And you're holding a higher frequency. And it's my understanding that uh, when two different frequencies come together, the higher frequency doesn't get lowered. It's the lower frequency is brought up some. I love that. That is correct. It entrains. Mm, it has mm. to, it, it, it entrains with the highest frequency. So if you are the highest frequency that walks into a room of a thousand people, if you are the highest frequency and you're holding the highest frequency and you understand in your, uh, 
consciousness that I am the light incarnate upon the planet, then that's the law of attraction. It, 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 that energy will move up or Dr. Stephen Hawkins, he will talk about how the other lower entities or the other lower energies entrain with that highest energy in, in the room, in the room. And that's the power of holding that frequency. That's the power of identifying, knowing the truth of who you are. That's the power of being bold and audacious and brave to hold that frequency no matter what. And of course, we're told, who do you think you are? You think you're God or something? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I do. I am prime source energy. And so are all of you. Come with me. Mm-hmm. And again, I like the term, that's how we walk each other home. That's how, if you walk into a room where there's 40,000 people and you're holding the highest frequency, you are walking them home. That energy goes up and up and up and entrains with that. That's what we do when the Dalai Lama walks on stage. Um, nobody says, okay, everybody rise, the Dalai Lama's in that room. <laughs> everybody just rises. And what they're doing is they're entraining with his uh, energetic field. They're in training with his energetic field. Now that is inspiring. Yeah. Because that, that really, that gives a ray of hope, right? That if we can, if we can keep working, training ourselves towards raising our frequency and becoming that higher frequency that, that in doing that, we're, we're not just doing it for ourselves. We're, right. we're really doing it for everyone we come in contact with. Right. I mean, Oprah Winfrey, when she stands on stage, <clears throat> people are, they stand up and they cheer. And, and she has a cosmic contract to entrain. Again, I just saw her do a fabulous interview. And she said, you know, people out there think I'm a talk show host. <laughs> she said, that's my platform. She will outright say, I have come here to raise the consciousness of this planet. Mm -hmm. So she uses her platform. She says her title is a platform. It's not her identity. Mm -hmm. It's just a platform. And so when, when we go to see people like Brene Brown or, or, and everybody rises out of their seat is they see their potential in Brene Brown at that time. And they go, yay, yay, yay. They see their infinite potential in the Dalai Lama when they go, oh my God, because they are, they're seeing themselves. They're a mere reflection of that truth of who they are. And even if it's a mere moment, if you give someone a mere moment and then the next moment and the next moment, And the next moment, they are firing and wiring a new reality within themselves. We are giving them hope to the hopeless. We are giving them hope. We are, we are mirroring back to them their own divine essence through our body. How, how wonderful that is to do. Mm -hmm. How wonderful that is to do. Mm -hmm. Mm Wow. Hope, this has been amazing. (laughs) Um, Really, is there anything that you would like to share or uh, wrap up with? 
Well, I always say to people, the word namaste, I think, is the exact greatest thing you can say to another person because the word namaste means that the light in me bows, recognize, and honors the light within you. That's a Sanskrit word that holds the vibration of truth. It's a Sanskrit word that holds the vibration of our oneness and our collective consciousness of our universal mind. So when I end my programs and my talk show or when I end uh, seeing people, um, that whether I do that outside and the words, I, I look at them and I know, just as the pedophiles when they left my office, namaste. What do you mean namaste? Well, I want you to know that the light in me really does recognize and bows to the light within you. And of course, they're going to say, what? what? Nobody <laughs> sees that in me. I do. I know who you are. Namaste. 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 That's what I would say to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Uh, we probably should all use that word much more often than we do, if we'd ever do it all. <clears throat> yes. Yes, it's just not for the Hindus. It's a Sanskrit vibrational, um, vibrational word that, that means that the light in me recognizes, honors, respects the light in you. It's the same light. Namaste, namaste, namaste. Thank you so much, Hope. This really has been hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's why you you have the name Hope. You bring hope. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was given to me long ago in Egypt, and, and I didn't want to take it at all. But they said it's here to help open planetary eyes. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you do your job quite well. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Thank oh. you for this opportunity. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. And um, so, so for the listeners, uh, we'll have a... Uh, just a moment for you to settle in if you'd like. And then Hope is going to uh, give her her meditation for us. And so we will, we will say goodbye now. Take care. Thank you. It's a universal prayer and it goes like this. Mother, Father, God, and all the angels, saints, holy ones, guides, teachers, and healers. We call you forth in this moment of now. I understand at this moment in time that we all come from the oneness. Everyone is connected to this oneness. We were birthed out of this oneness. We swim and live within this quantum field of oneness. We can call forth now from the undifferentiated energy, cosmic sources that are available to us. So let us do that now, saints and angels. Holy Ones, Guides, Teachers, and Healers, I ask for your assistance, and I ask for that to be around me, above me, below me, as well as within me. I also ask at this time that just as our ancestors knew about vibration and frequency, that we too stand in their mighty footsteps, and so we echo to Gaia Mother Earth. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for the food of which we eat, the water of which we drink, the air of which we breathe. 
May we have a constant remembrance that even the clothes on our backs and the homes we live in, and of course the plethora, such great beauty we receive from you. So just as the ancestors, they sang to the earth in their language, they gave appreciation before any bite, before any bite they took upon the planet. We do that as well. I've also come to understand that there is indeed neighboring dimensions, cosmic intelligence that are high in frequency and vibration. They are self-realized and they are important to us at this time. So at this time, I do indeed invoke and invite star beings from different planetary systems who are highly evolved, spiritually rich, technically savvy, and yes, even medically, light years, light years beyond this planetary system. I ask that they come in here today and I ask that if they do see any type of recalibration that needs to be had for anyone upon this planet, I ask that you assist us in that. I also ask and I welcome in any nourishment to help us through this maze that we are in right now, which means I ask for additional wisdom, guidance, information that can come down now through me, through all of us, that we become the conduits and hollow bones for those messages to come through. And I ask this humbly through the energy of the Holy Holy Spirit, which is oneness, which is divinity, which is quantum field energy. And I ask this through many different names because all of these names live in the quantum field. Allah, Buddha, Krishna, Jehovah, Yahweh, Yeshua, Muhammad, Jesus Christ, as well as the beloved Mother Mary, Queen of Peace, Mary Magdalena, friend and lover and wife of Jesus Christ. I ask for this magnificent woman named Mother Teresa who walked in Calcutta, a saint who walked on the planet the same as we have. I call in the compassionate one known as Kuan Yin. I also ask for the rebel energy, for the energy that is dynamic, that has indeed this brave audacity to be a risk taker, bold, brave. This comes from the goddess Pile of Hawaii, as well as the Shakti Shiva energy of India, as well as the Grecian goddess named Athena. I also call forth the soft and the sacred that comes from Sophia. Now these and yet, there are so many, many more, all coming from the quantum field. Our name is in there as well. I ask this and so it is. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. The podcast website is realjanine.com, where you can listen to and download episodes. There are also links to guest web pages, their photos, and you can sign up for the Real Janine bi-weekly newsletter to keep up on new episodes, archives, life updates, and healthy recipes. And just remember, Janine is J-A-N-E-A-N. To subscribe to Keeping It Real with Janine, go to iTunes or your favorite podcast provider. Do you know one or two people, possibly more, who would benefit from my conversation with Reverend Janice Hope Gorman? I'm sure you do. Please help me out and share with your friends and family who would be most appreciated. Thanks for listening. Take care and be well.